Well, with this uh, Thursday being Thanksgiving, uh, I decided to take a one-week break from our Fridgeworthy series so that we could talk about gratitude today. I think we all probably recognize that it would be good for us to be people who live lives that are full of gratitude. And yet, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I'm guessing this is true of many of us here. We often fall short uh, of that objective. And so I think that Thanksgiving is a good time for us to recommit ourselves to pursuing lives that are marked by gratitude. According to a 2015 article in Psychology Today, there are seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. Seven of them. Now, I'm not going to take the time, the article does this, I'm not going to take the time to reference all the different studies behind each of these benefits, but I do want to share these seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude according to psychology today. Here they are. The first one, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. Uh, people that are quick to show appreciation to new acquaintances are more likely to see those new acquaintances seek an ongoing relationship with them. Second, gratitude improves physical health. It has been scientifically proven, the article says, that grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. They are also more likely to take care of their health. Grateful people are more likely to exercise, more likely to visit the doctor regularly, and just generally engage in practices that contribute to longevity. Great uh, gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude reduces toxic emotions from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Number four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in positive ways in social settings, even when they're confronted by someone who is unpleasant. A nice word, <laughs> unpleasant. Grateful people are less likely to retaliate against others. Um, even when they have been on the receiving end of some negativity. Number five, grateful people sleep better. Now what this one, the study specifically said, is that uh, people who keep a gratitude journal sleep better. Spending just a few minutes before bedtime writing down things that you're grateful for can help people sleep better and to sleep longer. Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. Studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. And so rather than being a person who is resentful toward people who have more money or better jobs, uh, which, by the way, is a major factor in reduced self-esteem, grateful people are able to appreciate the accomplishments of others. That's a pretty good test to know if you're a grateful person or not. And number seven, gratitude increases mental strength. Research has shown that not only does gratitude reduce stress, but it can also play a major role in overcoming trauma. Recognizing all that you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times, fosters resilience. These are pretty wonderful benefits of gratitude. And what's really cool is they are scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. So I don't think any of you would argue with me on this next point today that I, we, we all know that we should be grateful. We, we know that it's good and right to live uh, with, a, with an attitude of thanksgiving, with an attitude of, of gratitude, if you will. And yet we often struggle to do that. I won't ask for a show of hands. But we often struggle to do that. And on top of knowing that it's just the good and the right way to be, we have these benefits of gratitude. 
And many of us need these benefits of gratitude that I have just shared. We need more friends. We, we need stronger self-esteem. We need better physical and psychological health. We need more sleep. We need the tools to deal with things that are really difficult when they happen to us in life. And gratitude is proven to have a really positive impact on all of that stuff. And so what I want to do today is spend just a few minutes uh, trying to give us some help in cultivating gratitude in our lives. And so I want to share four things that can help us cultivate gratitude in our lives so that we are able to benefit uh, from all of the wonderful things that gratitude can do for us. And my prayer today is that God would help each of us become more grateful uh, for the blessings in our lives, that God would help each of us to live lives that are filled with gratitude. And so toward that objective, let's consider four indispensable practices for cultivating gratitude in our lives. Here's the first one. If we want to cultivate gratitude in our lives, we have to be willing to reject entitlement. Reject entitlement. We have to rid ourselves of feelings of entitlement. Entitlement is the feeling that you have a right to something. The, the belief that we inherently deserve certain privileges, a certain special treatment. And feelings of entitlement convince us of a lot of different things. Entitlement convinces us that life should be trouble-free. I admit to struggling with this. I, I want a trouble-free life. I did not have a trouble-free life getting ready for church this morning. <laughs> Usually when my family's not around, things go really smooth for me in the mornings. Today, nothing went smooth. My poor dog was looking up at me like, are we going to be okay here? <laughs> Is, are you, are you going to pull through? Are you going to make it to church to preach? I mean, what's going on? It, it was a rough morning. And one of the reasons it was so rough is because things just didn't go the way I thought they were going to go. And because I felt like I had a right for them to go that way, I started to struggle. had to work really hard not to go to a dark place. <laughs> My goodness, I have to preach in an hour. I got to pull it together. All right. I didn't intend to share all that. So <laughs> entitlement convinces us that achievement should come with minimal effort. It convinces us that we should always have what we want when we want it. From relationships to money to careers, and entitlement will convince us we should never be sick. We should never feel bad. We, 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 we should never have uh, any, any kind of physical ailment. And when feelings of entitlement cause us to feel this way, what inevitably happens when troubles do come, as I experienced this morning, when we find that we can't achieve things with just minimal effort, when we find that we aren't going to have everything we want exactly when we want it, or when we do feel sick, what often happens to us is that we become resentful and we become angry. And as soon as we allow our circumstances to make us resentful and angry, what happens, the problems just compound. Has anybody ever gotten angry about something and like that helped to fix the problem? <laughs> like things were going bad, you got mad, you started throwing boxes around and stuff and then poof, it was all good. <laughs> it's, it's never happened. It's never happened. The, the difficulties are just compounded. Being resentful and angry makes everything worse. And so entitlement is a major enemy of gratitude. And so to cultivate gratitude in our lives, we have to be willing to reject entitlement. Another way of saying this is that we need to be willing to repent. 
of entitlement. We need to turn away from entitlement. And for inspiration in rejecting entitlement, I think many of you probably know where I'm going, we can look to Jesus. Here's what Philippians 2, 5 through 8 tell us about Jesus and encourage us to imitate him. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In some translations of the Bible, it says didn't consider it something to be clung to, to, to be clung to. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, Jesus Christ is fully God, and yet he took on human flesh. He lived the life of a servant, going so far as to humble himself to experience death on a Roman cross. Can we agree there is no more exalted position than God. And yet Jesus did not live a life of entitlement. Jesus did not cling to the rights and privileges and entitlements of his deity. Instead, he made himself nothing. He experienced the limitations of human experience all the way up to being nailed to a cross by people who could not take their next breath without his permission. He didn't cling to what he was entitled to. He willingly let go of it. And so Christ is our example of rejecting entitlement. And as we do that, it allows us to live a life of gratitude, even when the circumstances are less ideal than what we feel like we deserve, or in the case of Christ, less ideal than what he actually did deserve. So we follow Christ. If he can let go of entitlement as God, I can let go of the things that I feel entitled to. I can turn away from these feelings of entitlement. Rejecting entitlement slays one of the primary enemies of gratitude. And so we do that by remembering Christ's example, and we do that by imitating Christ's example. And here's another way that we do this. We do it by remembering that everything that we have in life, we have by the grace of God. We remember that we don't actually have a right to anything. It's all gift. None of it is a right. It's all by God's grace. If we can embrace the truth that everything that comes to us comes from the gracious hand of God, if we can embrace the truth that everything in life is a gift, we can begin to be grateful for the blessings we have instead of resentful for the things that we don't have or the circumstances that aren't exactly the way that we would prefer them to be. Here's the second indispensable practice for cultivating gratitude in our lives. We must slow down and reflect. We must slow down and reflect. Like entitlement, busyness is the enemy of gratitude. Busyness is the enemy of gratitude. I knew that wouldn't get very many nods or affirming looks, but it's true. And so if we're going to cultivate gratitude in our lives, we have to be willing to take steps to slow down the pace of our lives. Find time, set aside time to reflect on our lives. I, I find this very challenging, as I'm sure many of you do. I I really do see this at work in my own life, that this is one of the primary obstacles to gratitude. Life is so jam-packed. I mean, even when you try to, to not be that way, it's, it's just difficult. It's just difficult. Life is, is so full of things, and it's moving so fast. And, and my mind is always occupied with the next thing that needs done. And so all of this busyness crowds out the space 
that's needed to reflect on the things that I have to be grateful for. And, and as that plays out in your life, uh, crowds out the things that, uh, that, that you have to be grateful for. Gratitude grows in quietness and reflection. And so if we're going to cultivate gratitude in our lives, we have to have downtime. We, we have to have some unhurried, quiet time that we use to think and to reflect. In Psalm 46.10, here's what God says, Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I don't think there's any question that, that God is making a connection here between gratitude for who he is. It's gratitude that exalts in exaltation, right? So, so he's making a connection between gratitude for who he is and being still. Being still. You need to quiet yourself. Don't move around. Think about who I am. And then you're going to be so grateful that you're going to, it's going to result in exaltation. I think it's fair for us to paraphrase this psalm something like this. Be still and think about who I am. And as you do this, I'll be properly appreciated and exalted, God says to us. Are you falling short of gratitude? Slow down. Slow down. Fight for some margin in your life. Be still. Be quiet. Think. Reflect. We desperately need this kind of space in our lives. And this is one of the things that is so awful about the computers that we carry around in our pockets. They have robbed us of moments that in the past would have been quiet time. And instead, we give up our quiet time to pull out our amazing little rectangles and fill our minds with all kind of stuff that we don't even need to know about. And I am preaching to myself as much as anyone there. Gratitude grows in quietness and reflection. And so we've got to still ourselves, quiet ourselves, think. Think. And gratitude grows out of remembering. Remembering. As we're quiet, as we're still. One of the ways we cultivate gratitude is that space allows us to remember things that we have to be grateful for. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And then he goes on and says, so he just said, we thank God for you. And now he says this, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to see the connection in that passage between gratitude and remembering. There's a connection. Paul thanks God for the Thessalonians as he remembers specific things about them. He remembers their work that's been produced by faith, their labor that's been prompted by love, their endurance that's been inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to have time to remember, to remember. When we're busy, we don't remember. We forget. But when we're quiet and we're still, our minds have the space they need to begin to go through and, oh, yes, I remember that happened and I remember this person said this kindness and we have to have the space to remember. 
do you take time to remember? If we want to cultivate gratitude, we have to take time to remember. It won't disappear. We have to take time to remember. This for you might just mean slowing down enough to think about what's happened in the last few days. It might mean for some of us that we have to develop the discipline to record things we're thankful for as they happen so we don't forget about them. But whatever it takes, this is an indispensable practice if we want to live lives that are marked by gratitude. So gratitude grows in quietness and reflection and it flows out of remembering. Here's the third indispensable practice for cultivating gratitude in our lives, and it goes along with the second one that we just talked about. Heed the reminders. Heed the reminders. There are many built-in reminders about gratitude if we will pay attention to them. And they come in the form of cultural and spiritual traditions. Cultural and spiritual traditions. To cultivate gratitude, we should take advantage of cultural days that provide us a prompt for gratitude. And there are many of them. We have, we have some that are coming up. New Year's Day is a federal holiday. Federal government says nobody works today. Now, I don't pretend to know the real reason the federal government decided to make that day a federal holiday, but I can tell you this, it gives us a great opportunity to reflect on the year that we've just completed and to think about the year that's coming up. Whether it was ever intended this way or not, it is a great prompt toward thankfulness. It is a great prompt toward gratitude. I don't have to work today, so surely if I was going to work eight or nine or ten hours, I can find one hour to sit here and think about all of God's blessings in the past year and to think about all the things that are already on my calendar for the new year that are indications of God's blessing in my life. Martin Luther King Day. It's a reminder to be thankful for a remarkable life and to be thankful for the social progress that his vision helped to bring about. And you can just go all through the, cal all through the calendar, all the different holidays and the opportunity that they give us toward reflection, toward remembering, toward thankfulness. Memorial Day, an opportunity for gratitude for the sacrifice that people have made that have secured our freedoms. Independence Day, an opportunity for gratitude. Veterans Day, Labor Day. There's one coming up soon. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. An opportunity. Slow down, reflect. It is a prompt. It's a prompt to count your blessings and to be grateful. And then, I guess, if we want to be charitable, we could count what we call the Hallmark holidays this way as well. And so rather than resenting that there is now a dog groomer's day, <laughs> my apology to the dog groomers, I appreciate those of you who laugh. Some of you just do not have a sense of humor. That was, that was really one of the better lines I've come up with for a while. And some of you just sat there. But it's your life. It's your life. So. But no, we do this, right? We sort of complain about the Hallmark holidays. Oh. <laughs> it's Sweetest Day. What's up with Sweetest Day? We already have Valentine's Day, right, Kevin? What in the heck is this sweetest day thing? And yet, if we look at it differently, it's an opportunity. Uh, it's an opportunity. What's that?
I was about to say that, Amy. <laughs> I was having a moment laughing about something that nobody understands but me, and it just took me a minute to get to my point. <laughs> Amy's like, come on, out with those points, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> lunch, lunch is cooking, lunch is cooking. <laughs> so, no, no, what, what I was going to say is that um, instead of looking at these, you know, hallmark holidays this way, we could look at them as prompts, reminders that, hey, you have another thing in your life to be thankful for. You know, Grandparents' Day, and I, I can't think of all of them, but there, there's a lot of them anymore. But they're prompts. They're prompts. There is something in your life to be grateful for. And, and so we can receive them uh, that way. Don't take these things for granted. To cultivate gratitude, we should also take advantage of spiritual celebrations. And, and in our culture, uh, sometimes those you know, overlap with things that the entire culture is doing. Uh, so we shouldn't have to think too hard to figure out how Christmas should be a reminder toward gratitude. Good Friday and Easter are reminders to be grateful. Uh, we're not as good with the fuller you know, Christian calendar here in our sort of non-traditional, uh, non-denominational approach to faith that we call the vineyard, but there are a lot of uh, opportunities in the Christian calendar that are prompts for gratitude, things like Pentecost. What's that? Well, that's another sermon, but uh, these spiritual celebrations remind us of things we have to be thankful for. Remind us of the coming of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's Pentecost. This, this promised outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then it happened. That's a wonderful thing. If we would receive our cultural days and spiritual celebrations as reminders and invitations toward gratitude, Think of how many built-in reminders we'd have throughout the year. Think of that. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of them. But we have to be willing to heed the reminders. And we have to be willing to resist the temptation to allow all of these things just to become empty rituals, which is so easy for us to do. But instead, we should heed them. We should reflect on the prompts they give us. And we should allow gratitude to grow in our lives. Here's a, another reminder that we should heed. We should view weekly worship as a reminder to be grateful. We should take advantage of our weekly gathering to prompt us toward gratitude. We, we should receive weekly worship as a reminder to be grateful for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, think about... What a wonderful thing it would be, and I'm sure many of, some of you, maybe many of you do this, but think of what a wonderful thing it would be as we come in and out of church with each person that we see, our, our thought was, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad they're a part of my life. I'm glad I have a connection with them. I'm glad God put us together. God, thank you. God, thank you for that. So we receive weekly worship as a reminder to be grateful for our brothers and sisters. We receive it as a reminder to be thankful for the church local and the universal church that we're a part of. That was Christ's idea. Christ founded it. And through all of our troubles and mistakes and screw-ups, Christ is building it. Christ is building it. So we come in and we're thankful. Wow, we're a part of something here. We're a part of something that spans the globe. It's like, do you ever think when you come together, do you, do you ever on Sunday morning, do you ever allow yourself to just think that what we're doing here is playing out hundreds of thousands of times just in the United States? And then you think of what's going on in the world. I mean, millions upon millions upon millions of people are gathering at roughly this time to praise God and love on one another and 
hear the word preached. It's an opportunity to prompt toward gratitude. We should receive it as a reminder to be thankful for the gift of music. Are you thankful that we come in here and music is a part of what we do? I can't imagine being in a non-instrumental church. How can such a thing even exist? And I apologize. Some of you evidently have non-instrumental church backgrounds and you didn't like that comment. So uh, I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity to be thankful for music. It's an opportunity to come in and be thankful for the programs that are available for children. I, I hope parents, and I hope even those of you who your kids are, you know, out of the house and adults and on their own, I, I hope that you appreciate the, the, the thing that children's programs do in the lives of your kids. Like, it really is something to be thankful for. And the people who invest in our kids, they really are people to be thankful for. And of course, every Sunday is an opportunity to remember to be thankful for the Word of God. I mean, is there, like, it's quite a gift, right? It's quite a gift. And so there are all of these prompts to be thankful. And so we cultivate gratitude by heeding the reminders of cultural days, spiritual celebrations, and weekly worship. And so if we'll heed these reminders, if we'll take them seriously, if we'll not allow them to become just ritualistic, they will go a long way to developing, cultivating gratitude within us. So let's review. We cultivate gratitude by rejecting entitlement, by slowing down and reflecting, by heeding the reminders. And then here's the final indispensable practice for cultivating gratitude. We must be intentional about modeling gratitude for the next generation. The Bible instructs us to train our children in the way that they should live. And I think that this is one of the areas that we often overlook in our training of our kids, but we should not. We should model gratitude for our children, encourage gratitude in our children, train our children to be grateful. And here's one of the beautiful things about modeling gratitude for our kids is that as we help them, we help ourselves. As we are training them, we are reminding and even training ourselves as well. So these four practices are excellent ways to cultivate gratitude in our lives. And here's a really important reason why we should be willing to put in the necessary effort to cultivate gratitude. Here it is. Because gratitude is God's will for us. Gratitude is God's will for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will that we give thanks in all circumstances. Why, why is that? Why is it God's will that we give thanks in all circumstances, even really bad circumstances? Well, there are probably a lot of good answers to that question. Let me give just a couple. Uh, three, I think, I'm going to give you. Here's the first one. Because giving thanks in all circumstances recognizes that God is always good and always deserving of thanks and praise, whether things are good with us or whether things are bad with us. Our circumstance does not change God's goodness. And so we are always to give thanks. The second thing, giving thanks in all circumstances indicates that we trust in God's love and care for us. We recognize his many blessings even when some things aren't working in our, uh, the way that we want them to and we're distracted by all of that. But we recognize God's love and care and because we know that we are loved by God and that we are cared for by God, even in bad circumstances, we can thank him for that love and care. But the, 
The, the reason that I want to emphasize today, and one that I'm really confident is one of the primary reasons that God says gratitude is His will for us, is this, because God knows that gratitude is good for us. God knows that gratitude is good for us. Yes, it's an acknowledgement that He's good, even when life is rough. Yes, it's an acknowledgement of His love and care for us, but I think that God says to us, gratitude is my will for you because He knows how beneficial gratitude is for us. Here's the truth. Before any scientific studies ever considered the impact of gratitude on people's lives, God knew the benefits of gratitude. He knew. God knew the seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude before psychology today had ever thought about the question. God knew. It is God's will for you to be grateful and give thanks in all circumstances because God knows that is beneficial for you. He knows that is beneficial for me. He knows that is what is in our best interest. Going to the dark place. Throwing the box. Putting the fist through the wall. What are those going to do for us? Nothing but compound our problems. But God knows that gratitude will be good for you even when the life circumstances are not what you want them to be. God knows your life will be better if you're grateful than if you're not. So if you recognize today that your life is lacking gratitude, I want to encourage you to begin to intentionally cultivate it in your life. You may be here today desiring more friendships in your life. Maybe you're here today recognizing that you really need improvement in your self-esteem. You're here recognizing that you really need to see improvement in your psychological or physical health. You need to increase strength, increase mental strength. Maybe you're here today recognizing that you need to be a less aggressive person, have more empathy. I encourage you to, be, to begin cultivating gratitude in your life. The truth is that we can change our lives by cultivating gratitude. And it is God's will that we would do that. Okay. Well, look, here's what I think I want to do. Um, I debated on how to end the service today. But I think I want to do something that we have never done before, ever, in the history of Vineyard Christian Church. It has never, ever, ever been done. This is a big day, Melissa. It's a big day. It's a big day. You had no idea what you were in for when you came here today. So, what I am going to do is open this microphone up for expressions of gratitude for you to share uh, what you're thankful for. So there are some rules, okay? There are some rules, okay? One rule is that if you're going to do this, you have to come to the front to do it, okay? You do have to speak into the microphone to do it. And the other rule is you have about 30 seconds to do it, okay? So these are quick, quick hitters, quick things that you are thankful for. But I think it will be encouraging if uh, we transition from me continuing to talk and uh, have some of you come up and just quickly share uh, some things that you are thankful for. So, um, I've never been this brave before. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> so, um, here you go. Who wants to come and express Thanksgiving? Come on up, Joe. First of all, I want to thank God for choosing me to be his child. I thank God for Melissa, and I thank God for this church, especially you. God bless you. 
Well, it's going well so far. That was good. God bless you, Joe. Caleb, if you don't know, this is Caleb Temple. I am grateful for having a very loving family. I mean, I've been adopted ever since I was three years old, and I'm just thankful to have a family that truly loves me. Yeah. God bless you, Caleb. Well, because of the scripture you quoted and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Every day is Thanksgiving for me. Amen. I think most of you know, but that's Robin Wood. Uh, that was the other rule I forgot. State your name when you, when you come up here. I'm Melissa Suver, and I am so grateful for a church that is loving and um, just allowed me to be where I was and heal and grow and um, become who God wants me to be. I'm so, so thankful for that. Amen. Amen. And we're thankful that she is doing an excellent job leading our women's ministry. Amen. I'm Barb Bruner, and I am so thankful that someone in this church, and I believe it was Robin, helped my granddaughter who was stranded on the highway with two little kids in the car, and he stepped up and helped her. And I think it was, was it you, Robin? Thank you. I'm Kathy Smellick. I am truly grateful that I can stand in front of a church and say to you, I am thankful that I am single because God knew what he wanted to do with me. Everybody said, why aren't you married? He knew what he wanted to accomplish through my singleness. So thank you, God, for that. And then I want to thank him for Marlene Spangler because he planted her in my life to increase my faith in him. Uh-oh. <laughs> My name is Jen here. It'll be fast, I promise. Um, I just want to thank God for how he speaks to us through his word. And I've been really meditating on just being thankful. And the verse that I was looking at this morning was Psalm 50, 23. And it says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. And I've just been meditating over that this morning. So it's just really beautiful the words that Pastor Brian is preaching this morning, that our thankfulness is a sacrifice to the Lord who has sacrificed so much for us. And that was just a really beautiful truth that I was thankful for this morning. Carla Hamner, and I'm grateful that um, God has seen fit to give me two more years past what the doctors gave me, and I don't know how many more, but I'm grateful for any time that he chooses to leave me here on this earth. I wish I could do this better than what I'm going to do it, but this old song has been running through my spirit all morning. Just want to tell you I'm thankful for all that you have done, for the stars and the moonlight and the setting sun. And when my work on earth is through, I'm coming home to be with you. Just want to tell you I'm thankful. That's all. Uh, my father, Dana Bird. 
singer extraordinaire. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Vandenberg, and um, I'm thankful that even though the doctors told me I would never have children, he blessed me with a husband with two children, and now I'm a grandmother of six. I'm Elizabeth Russell. Um, I am so thankful for this church and for what God has been doing in my life and in my husband's life during this last year. And I'm so grateful for my husband because our marriage is being healed day by day. I'm so thankful. I'm Heather Tran. And I am so very thankful for my parents, for all of my parents. I'm grateful that I'm 48 years old and that I have my mom and my dad and my mom and dad-in-laws um, that I call mom and dad. Um, when I married my husband, I hit the jackpot because I have amazing in-laws and um, I'm just blessed that I'm able to realize how blessed I am. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lori Ruppberger, and I just want to say that um, in the last two years, I've been made new in Christ, and my old life is gone, and a new one's begun. Thank you. Anybody else? This has been fantastic. You proved me wrong. This is awful we haven't done this for 14 and a half years. I'm Paul Leffler. Uh, I'm thankful for being clean and sober for 16 and a half years. And I'm especially thankful for uh, Penny sticking it out with me. And so I have to do something now. Um, I'm Patty Warner, and um, I'm thankful because I want to say about eight years ago, I realized I didn't have any friends. I'm very friendly, um, but I'm very closed off. And, um, and since then, God has really opened the door for me to actually have friends, like people I can talk to, people I can be real with and ask to pray with me. And... Um, do it. And so I'm very thankful for that. Thank you, Brian. Hello, my name is Andrew Lang. Um, this is going to be a couple hours. <laughs> and it should be because I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that God uh, chose me as chief of sinners to have mercy on me and, and to save my soul. I say uh, uh, ditto to everybody, so I'm not going to repeat it, but uh, I got a text this morning from a buddy of mine who lives in Taiwan, and, you know, Brian said that there's Christian churches all over. I'm very thankful that we live in a country that was fought for to allow us to have worship. We were praying in Donato's on Friday out in the open, and I'm just so thankful because around the world we have brothers and sisters who don't have a nice sanctuary and don't have a government and a cultural structure that allows them to worship out, uh, out in the open. So I'm thankful for that. So this is Andrew's fault. He, he brought up the country. So some of you guys know that I've been to like 10,000 baseball games over the years. And one of the things they do at every baseball game when they start is what? The Star Spangled Banner. So, you know, you get caught up in doing rituals with that thing, like, yeah, okay, when it's done, I put my hat back on and I clap and all that bit. And it hit me one day that that's a, a great chance to just run through a list of gratitude. So my ritual for that is to start big and get little and then hit it big at the end. So I start off just thinking as I watch the flag wave about God's amazing creation, the earth and everything that he's created in it, and then from there to our gorgeous, incredible country, 
And then the state we live in, I come right on down the line if I'm thanking for Pataskala and that kind of thing, you know. And then I thank him for my wife and my family that has been so good to me. And I thank him for this church that's just been a rock. And then I always finish off right about the time when they're uh, wrapping up the song with just, you know, the, the amazing grace that he'd save a wretch like me. So for me, uh, you talk about something in your life where you can do that every time. How many times we see the Star Spangled Banner play and it gives us a chance to just give thanks. My name's Amy K. Hall, and I'm the one he was afraid to get the mic to, so probably, no, just, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to walk with it and waste time, that's what, no, I'm thankful for Brian, but I am thankful, I have a sign in my home that was a gift to me that says, what if you only woke up today with what you thanked God for yesterday, and um, it just really means a lot because we take so much for granted, so um, We've had a lot of ups and downs in my life, in our life, in the life of my kids. But every day I can still be thankful, and I, I am thankful. My, my son's a Marine. My daughters are beautiful. I have a renewing in my life. I have new hope, and all of those things are things we should be thankful for. So I'm thankful for healing. Um, and sometimes in those hardest moments is when we start to realize how much God is there for us and how much we have to be thankful for. I just want to hold the mic again. No, I'm just <laughs> it went well, Amy, so maybe it can happen again sometime. We'll see. All right. Anybody else before we uh, wrap up the service? This has been excellent. This has been excellent. I'm Tim Barrett, and... Um, I just thank the Lord that 1 Corinthians 13 is so true, that his love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on us. And I'm thankful that I have a wife. Who, regardless of my shortcomings, my failures, has never given up on me. She loves me with God's love, and I just appreciate that so much. Thank you. Uh, my name is Mark Warner. Um, I was sitting over there thinking of all the things that I have to be thankful for, and which one thing that I was going to share being you know, family, my church, my friends, uh, just my, my, my job and just the way that God's blessed me. But I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that God has given me a heart that can be thankful. That there are certain days when I'm just on my way to work or on my way home from work and tears will just roll down my face because of the blessings he's given me. And, 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 and I learned that it's just a condition of my heart. Because wherever we're at, you know, we can find things to be thankful for. My name's Doug Dow. Um, first of all, very super thankful that my parents, uh, I was raised in a Christian home. My, I don't have my parents here they're up in heaven dancing with Jesus I am so thankful that they raised me in a Christian environment I was saved at a very young age I call it five years old and that's a give that's a lot of what you know how they raised me going to church doing your duty and here's here's where I'd like to uh, branch off a little bit grateful for my wife I don't know if she's seated uh, she does things <coughs> That I am, I, I, I told her the other week, I am, I support you 100% in all what you're doing in your ministry, your everything. So she's my inspiration, okay? Uh, I do a lot of traveling, kind of like Mark was saying. I tr I'm on the road every day, and I've been asking the Lord, God, because I'm kind of tired of traveling, 
okay, I go to Cincinnati, West Virginia, Dayton, just all over. And I'm like, God, make it fun for me. I was in Toledo, away from my family, and I get to see a formation because they fly. These fighter jets fly out there. I was so, I had to stop. I'm like, thank you. I mean, just something a little so small, and it was something so big. And I said, thank you, Lord. You know, that just made my whole day. And I want to wrap up saying I'm so thankful for the men and women in uniform behind the scenes where I can have my normal life. Well, they're still going. And wow, okay? And it's still going. Amy's son, and okay? These guys. Uh, pass off to you. What am I thankful for? Well, I was debating if I wanted to, to do that or not, Caleb, so I'll take your, uh, your question as uh, a prompt to do so. So, uh, and actually, since I'm going to do that, I'll turn my microphone on. So, okay, there. All right. All right, lots of things have to align for this microphone to work right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was debating if I wanted to say this or not, but um, uh, I, I can say genuinely that I am, uh, well, I'm thankful for a lot of things. So, so, you know, I'm thankful for my family, thankful for parents that raised me in church, you know, thankful for Michelle, thankful for my, uh, my boys, uh, Aaron and Austin. I'm thankful for a lot of things. Uh, but the thing that I was debating um, saying today is um, I, I am genuinely thankful for uh, the people in this congregation. Now, that sounds like sort of a routine thing to say, um, but, but I really mean it. And, and, you know, over the years, we've been at this for 14 and a half years. And here's the truth. You know, not all those 14 and a half years have gone the way that I envisioned them. And uh, there have been a lot of ups and downs that we've faced as a church. And uh, there have been times, I shared this with you in a message recently, there have been times that I have been tempted to say, you know, God, something's not going right. I, I don't know, is this you telling me to do something else or go somewhere else? Or, you know, are, are, are you speaking through the trouble to lead me in a different direction? And there have been two things that have always uh, caused me to, believe that God was answering that question, no. And the first one was just a, an abiding sense that this is the place that he had called me to. But the second one was, has been, as I would stop looking at the big picture problems, and I would get down and look at the individual faces of people in our congregation, and I would think of Tim Barrett I'd say, nope, I don't want to leave Patascala. I'd think of Kathy Smellick. Think, I don't want to leave Patascala. Think of Joe Suver. I don't want to leave Patascala. Patty Werner. I don't want to leave Patascala. I was going to make a joke there, Patty, but 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 I but I but I mean but I but I mean it, but I mean it. And so, literally, like every face that would you know come. Now, depending on the season, there might have been one or two faces that I would have had to say, well, okay, we'll, we'll move on from that one. <laughs> but, but, but almost without fail, every single face that would ever come to my mind within this congregation, I would say, absolutely not. I can't imagine not having these people in my life. And so I genuinely am thankful uh, for all of you. So let's stand. We need this again, Steve. I, um, this is a wonderful presence here today, wonderful atmosphere. And um, I just feel like saying this, and that is what Brian just said is something that he has actually lived. It's not something that he thought, well, maybe. 
Some time ago, Brian had a call that he could have gone to another church that would have been much larger. Everything looked perfect. It would have been more of everything. And he told them he was not interested. So I just thought that you should know that, that what he has said here about loving this church and loving you people, it's not something that he's just saying. It's something that behind the scenes he has lived and he has chosen, at least for this time being, <laughs> that may not be for eternity, but he has said no to other things that have come his way that from the natural standpoint, it would have been a, oh, yes, I'm in. But even when things sometimes are tough and whatever, the grass is never greener, someplace it appears that way, but life is life, pastoring is pastoring. But I just felt this would be a good time to let you know that he has really lived through that, and he means every word that he has said about loving you people. Let's pray.